Good morning, Cornerstone. It's fantastic to be with you um, in your homes or wherever you may be watching this. I'm looking forward to being able to share with you this morning. Uh, if you'd like to open up your Bibles with me, please, to Exodus chapter 19. And we're going to read from verses 4 to verses 6. I'm reading out the NLT translation this morning, um, if that helps you follow along. Where we've come to in the story here is we see a really kind of pivotal moment in the Israelite people's growth as a nation, growth as a, as a people group, as they've just come out and exited slavery um, and have now found themselves in the wilderness. Um, however, they're no longer just in the wilderness by themselves, but now there's about to be this really amazing moment when God himself wishes to come and appear to the people to, to make something new, to do something new with them that's never been done before. And this is where we've jumped in in the story of Exodus chapter 19, verses 4 to 6. So let's read along together. This is what it says. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. This is God talking to Israel. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will, obey me and keep my covenant. You will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. In this moment, we find God speaking to the Israelites and really saying one of these most profound statements that really the, it kind of built the Jewish psyche, the Israelite psyche of who they were in their relation to God. God considered them his treasured possession. They weren't just a lowly people group that he wanted nothing to do with as the gods of old and the gods of other nations. But this God, Yahweh, wanted the Israelites to be his treasured possession. It was this beautiful, unique relationship like no other. Now, this moment here is 50 days after Passover. It was this, this, this journey had come of them coming out of Egypt and God speaks these beautiful words to Moses to go and tell Israel. How about we pray? God, we're so thankful that we get to uh, be with you. We're so thankful that you announced to us that you wish for us to be your treasured possession. May we uh, hear what you have to say to us this morning, and may we enjoy the company uh, we have with one another in your name. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, um, and I'm not the biggest fan, but I do occasionally like some British, uh, some British shows, and one of them in particular is Doctor Who. Now, please judge me if you must. I know it's a very nerdy thing to say. But Doctor Who is this really kind of unique TV show, of course, uh, having a doctor involved that runs in Britain and has been running for generations, really, if we're honest. Now, one of the amazing things that happens in Doctor Who season five, and the first episode, in fact, is there's this really interesting monster that's uh, that's announced or, or shown to the group of people, like to the audience members watching Doctor Who. Now, this monster uh, is actually not this everyday monster. It's not this monster that just appears and scares people, but rather it's this monster that's quite sneaky and kind of hides away in common sight. Now, the way Doctor Who refers to this monster is he says it's a monster that hides in that thing that's just out the corner of your eye. So that there's this monster hiding in a lady's house and it's been there for over 10 years. However, she doesn't realize it 
or she doesn't want to realize it. That this monster's been hiding in this room in her house and she, it's just, it's, it's always in the corner of her eye. It's always something she's trying to glance over. She doesn't want to look at. She's trying, because of her fear, to ignore it some way or the other. The monster that lives just out the corner of your eye, like the monster that might live in our closet when we're little, the boogeyman or something of those sorts. See, I think this uh, beautifully quite illustrates, this Doctor Who illustration, illustrates actually that a lot of the times you and I in life have monsters, have things that we're trying to avoid that are actually just in the corner, out, out the corner of our eyes. We're aware that they're there, but we try our hardest to ignore them. I know this probably isn't the nicest thing to hear on a Sunday morning about some monster hiding in our lives, but I think it's actually really important that there are things that we are constantly trying to push down, things we're trying to look over, things we're trying to ignore. However, they're still there, aren't they? Maybe it's that relationship that needs mending. Maybe it's the way that we've treated people in the past. Maybe it's something that we've done or something that we've said. Maybe it's something the way we talk to our son or daughter or our wife or our husband. Maybe it's the way we treat people, whatever it may be. There's those things that are hiding just out the corner of our eyes. And we constantly avert our gaze trying to ignore them. What I found for myself personally going through this whole situation of COVID-19 is there's been some things in my life that maybe I've been glancing over, looking away from, that have just been in the corner of my eye that I can no longer ignore. I think when you're stuck, when things change, you're actually then confronted with those things that I've been trying to glance over for so long. Maybe it's the third bedroom in your house that's just full of stuff. Maybe it's, I don't know, that garage or that project that fixing up the backyard, that thing that we've been trying to ignore for so long that's just out the corner of our eyes. And this season, this, this situation that we find ourselves in is all of a sudden these things are actually, they're, they're, we can't ignore them anymore. They're confronting us again. No longer are they at the corner of our eyes. They're in center vision. They're in full view. This Exodus story becomes really quite profound as it continues. God saying to Moses, tell the people I want to call them my treasured possession. And if we continue on in chapter 20, verse 18 to 19, God actually gives these 10 commandments and then actually appears to the Israelite people. And this is what it says. So chapter 20, verses 18 to 19. It says, when the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. See, what happens here is we find this really amazing moment in the Israelite story where they're too fearful to speak to God because they see the thunder, the lightning and the billowing smoke. They're confronted with something in their life with God. And instead they say, Moses, you talk to God for us, for we are too afraid. 
I think like the Israelite people, you and I are getting confronted with things in our lives and maybe we're actually too afraid to deal with them. That things are appearing to us, there's billowing smoke, there's thunder, there's lightning, there's rumbling, there's these things happening, but we're actually too fearful to deal with them. And we say to someone else, Moses, like the Israelites, you speak to God for us, you deal with that for us because we are too afraid. Like when we were young and the boogeyman was in our closet, we'd ask our mom, our father, our older brother, our older sister, can you come and look in the closet for me? Because I'm too afraid. What are some of those things that are confronting you in life that you are too afraid? In the Israelites' life, in the Israelite people, Moses became, became that thing, that person that was like that conduit between God and them. See, the Israelites were too afraid to have that relationship with God themselves. So instead, Moses had to become that thing, that person that would talk to God and bring God's message to bring what God has to say back to them because they were too afraid to communicate with God. But God didn't want this. We read in the first verse from 19 to 4 to 6 that God was looking for a kingdom of priests, not one priest or not a few priests who would then talk to the masses, but rather a kingdom, a whole body of people who can all approach the king, who can approach God on their own behalf and not expect someone else to do it. See, I believe in this season of upheaval that we're encountering, I think we're actually getting confronted with some of these things here today. You know, uh, oftentimes I think when we live lives, uh, we can learn that when we lose something that we've had all along and it disappears, we want it back as quick as possible. This often happens uh, with people who like uh, people who struggle with addictions. Let's say, for example, someone's addicted to cigarettes. Uh, they give up cigarettes, and then all of a sudden, they're they're now addicted to coffee. Or maybe it's like someone who's been in a relationship for a, for a lot a lot of years, and then their relationship breaks down. But now they're left without someone, without that life partner. So they quickly rush back. There's this vacuum that's created. They rush back to that way things had always and forever been done. And what happens is the cigarette smoker, the, the person just out of a relationship, we can instantly allow that gap to be filled without learning the lessons and truly dealing with the issues we need to deal with. Do you know in this moment, where we can no longer gather together and things are looking differently. I think we can often have this inkling, this inclination to quickly rush back into this vacuum as quick as possible, to go back to the way things had always been. However, I think if we do that, we'd actually be missing the lessons that God has for us. That maybe we would be missing out on what God is trying to speak to us here to deal with things that maybe we've actually been ignoring. Maybe things that we've been looking over, things that have just been at the corner of our eyes. This COVID season of isolation and change and difference, it doesn't mean we should just as fast as possible rush back to the way things have always been to fulfill that vacuum, but rather we should take stock. We should look at how we're now living how life has changed, and rather ask God, God, what would you have me now do? 
as the church, we find ourselves in a similar situation where we must ask ourselves again, God, what can we learn from the situation that we find ourselves in? I think what's prime, of prime importance in this situation is we don't just rush to fill what's always been done, but rather we ask the right questions of ourselves and of where we're at. Maybe there's questions needed to be asked in your own family, in your own Christian life. When you're being confronted with some of your own weaknesses, some of your own issues, some of your own problems, we ask ourselves, God, what can I learn because of this? Now, this moment that happened with the Israelites as God came and appeared in thunder and rumbling smoke and billowing smoke, sorry, is this moment actually has happened throughout generations. This was a moment that was celebrated by the Israelite people every year, 50 days after, after the day of Passover, after Passover. So there's a modern moment in the New Testament that we all very well know, but maybe not know that it's celebrating this moment. And that is the day of Pentecost, which takes place 50 days after what God had done with Moses in that celebration of the Passover. Now, what we see though, however, in Acts chapter two, is we see some, some really amazing symbolism by the author Luke, reminding us of this first event that this took place on Mount Sinai with Moses, God, and appearing in these things. So God, uh, so Jesus says to his disciples, hey disciples, go and wait for someone is coming that I'm sending to you. However, the Passover, uh, sorry, the, the, the day of Pentecost this time is actually quite different. Instead of just one going up the mountain to commune with God, actually now there's a whole group of disciples in the upper room. And as God appears in fire and in smoke, just like he did in the book of Exodus, as God appears in tongues of fire, I don't have time to read the scriptures, in this time, instead, like the old, when only Moses could talk and the Israelites said, God, you, uh, Moses, you talk to God for us, we're too afraid. This time, everybody opened their mouths and everyone talked to God and everyone communed with God. And as Peter jumps up and reminds us, it's because in this days, in quoting Joel, uh, that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. It was the fixing, it was the making right that God now had this kingdom of priests. Not just Moses was to approach God and speak with him, but rather all of us. Every single one of us is to approach God. Every single one of us is to commune with God. Every single one of us is to open our mouths and celebrate what God is doing. This day of Pentecost reminds us that the Spirit of God is for all people for all time. See, throughout this season, we are being confronted, I believe, and as I have, with our life with God. We have been confronted with what is my relationship with God like? What is it dependent on? Maybe my relationship with God has been dependent on gathering together on a Sunday morning, a Sunday morning Christianity. But the season we find ourselves in is we are confronted that that can no longer work that maybe my Christianity is something more. 
Maybe your Christianity, like mine has been in the past, is dependent on the pastor reading the Bible for you. Maybe your Christianity has been dependent on the pastor praying for you. Maybe your Christianity has had its worship dependent on a worship leader worshiping for you. Whatever it's maybe been, we're actually being confronted with that can no longer work, with maybe things need to change. So let us not just rush back to the way things are, But instead, in this moment, may we no longer ignore those problems, those issues with our life, our spiritual life that is there. May we no longer allow them just to remain in the corner of our eyes, but may we look them in the eye. May we look at those things, those things that we're being confronted with. And may we ask God, God, what would you have me learn from this? And most of all, may we remember that we worship a God who does not just want one person to be in relationship with him, but rather is looking for a kingdom of priests. May we remember as the day of Pentecost reminds us that these are the days that the Spirit of God will pour out on all people, on all flesh, that young men will see vision, uh, will dream dreams, and old men will see visions, and even slaves and free and masters and women and children, all of them will confess the name of God. Thank you so much, Cornerstone. Wonderful to be with you. God bless.